I am so excited for today's podcast episode because we have Chris Templeton with us and we are talking about the stories that we tell ourselves in life. And more importantly, whether the stories that we tell ourselves, if they're serving us at various points in our lives, right? And so I'm just so, so excited for you to hear this topic and to kind of think about the stories that you tell yourself and ask yourself whether or not they're serving you. And so I just know that there's going to be so much value from this episode. And so I want to remind you, if at any point throughout this episode, you're thinking, wow, this is gold. I love this. Please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and make sure you tag me at Ariel Yasmin with two E's at the end. And then also tagging uh, today's guest, Chris Templeton. So he, you can find him at Oh, the Stories We Tell. And I also will put those links in the um, episode description. But without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. listening to the Daily Climb podcast, where we explore personal growth, mindset, and productivity strategies to help you pursue your passions. My name is Arielle, and I'm so passionate about helping young adults actually feel excited to wake up in the morning and to create the life of their dreams. So I want you to make sure that you tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for tips and inspiration so that you can climb. I can't wait to see how you grow. Hi, Chris. I just want to welcome you to the Daily Climb podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited for the conversation we're going to have because I just already know that it's going to be a blast and I know that my listeners are really going to enjoy what you have to share with us. So for my listeners that don't know who you are, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on, um, Ariel. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my name is Chris Templeton. I am a 61-year-old white guy who uh, has been trying to figure out, I imagine, the same things, uh, many of the same things that your listeners have been trying to figure out all, all their lives, and I think I've made some progress on it. Not a done deal yet, and, and probably never will be, um, but the reason I'm in front of you today is because uh, about... 18 years ago in 2003, as she liked to call herself, my evil stepmother gave me a book called The Power of Now. And, uh, and it basically said very early on, you know, we are all really good, really, really good at driving ourselves crazy, at taking a bad situation and just making it magnitudes of order worse. And I was like, well, no, 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 no that's you and you and you and you, it's my wife, it's my kids, it's my coworkers, not me. Mm -hmm. But you keep reading and you're like, oh, that kind of is me. And so um, one of the things that it's by Eckhart Tolle and one of the things he talks about is stories. And I think at one point he talks about little the, the little version of ourselves. And I was like, oh, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I've been running a business uh, since that time as well. And so it just really struck me as, wow, I, I am the one, it's me that's creating so much of this garbage in my life in terms of how I interpret what's going on. And so mm -hmm. um, I came up with three questions. And then from those three questions, I developed a model and which is all on my website at other stories we tell and you can find out more about it there. But basically, uh, 
I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained in therapy. I don't have a background in psychology. So mm -hmm. this is all about common sense. Like for me, for this to be of any value, it had to resonate with my kid who was four years old at the time and uh, a client sitting across the table or somebody who's, you know, older than me. And so the three questions are simply, what's the story I'm telling? I define story as anything that I'm thinking or visualizing about myself or about the world around me, family, work, friends, whatever the case may be, politics, geopolitically. <clears throat> so what's the story I'm telling? And the value of story was that when I look at my thinking as a story, it's automatically assumed implicit that it's editable. I can edit my story. I can edit my thinking when we, you know, when we talk about emotions or our thinking, well, that's just the way it is. That's mm -hmm. I'm just angry. And we kind of have a tendency to stop there. Right. So that was the first question. Second question is, is this story serving me? I do this all the time, but I can't help it in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, is this story serving me? So, you know, we may have had uh, things, uh, areas that we get triggered by from growing up, from being bullied at school, whatever the case may be. And those stories, the way that I behaved, what I thought may have really served me well back then. Mm -hmm. But today, right now, here in this moment, is it serving me? And mm -hmm. typically when we ask the question, it's because we're cranky and frustrated or, you know, feeling like something's not right. And mm -hmm. so typically those stories aren't serving me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then the third question is, is there a more authentic story I can tell? Like, it's that simple. Um, and and so from that, I've developed a model uh, that, that really helps to kind of create self-awareness and help me to understand where I am in any given moment, and also to help as I start to incorporate this and practice it um, to help me to understand where other people are and realize how I don't want to respond to them. So uh, it has been um, a life changer for me from the standpoint of my relationship with my wife. I'm just, I have a, a relationship with we have a relationship with each other most people would die for like oh my god they really like each other and not sloppy sappy oh you're the best thing in the world but like genuinely super appreciate each other and what we bring to the table for each other and then you know my kids are 22 26 and 30 about to be 36 and they love spending time with us like, oh, my God, what could be a better accomplishment than to have kids that really like being with us and like each other. So and then it's really helped with friends. And so. So anyway, that's that's who I am and uh, kind of the basics of what I'm about. And I want to help people to practice themselves into more meaning and purpose in their lives.
Yeah, I love that so, so much. And thank you for sharing, um, you know, how you kind of got started with this from, from that book, you know, like how it started shifting your, your thoughts and made you think about these three questions that just meant so much to you. And I can tell, like, I don't know, I, I told you before we hit record on this, but I never really heard someone talk about stories in that way. And I think that that's it really does shift your mindset because, you know, not just what is the story I'm telling, but is that story serving me in this moment? And I kind of have a hunch that if you need to ask yourself that question, that it could it, more often than not, it's probably no, right? It's not serving you in that moment, like you kind of mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rare that, that things are going great and we're like, wait yeah. a minute, is this serving me? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's one of the things, really one of the things that's fascinating is emotions are accounted for in, in the model, but mm -hmm. we do not use emotions as anything the question will never be ever 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 um how do you feel right. oh my god are you okay mm -hmm. like because we have such a tendency when we're not aware mm -hmm. of who and what we are um to take those things as facts and and the yeah. number of people that i know that their emotion is a fact and that's the end of the story oh my mm -hmm. god it's just heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it's that so true. sorry to interrupt you no 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 no, no. i was going to add on to that because something that i always love to say is that our emotions they're always changing our emotions they're not something that's constant so that's why i really also love the fact that you asked like what's the story i'm telling because if your story is based off of your emotions then it probably isn't accurate right because you know you're not going to feel happy 24 7 you're not going to feel sad 24 7. and so i just think that it's really meaningful and impactful and i'm also just wondering so when you are working with your clients or when you kind of started this practice with yourself of asking these three questions um i know you kind of got this from the book um like some of the some of the thoughts from the book mm -hmm. but i'm wondering like what were the things that kind of helped you create this model does that question make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, you know, I've always been fascinated by, I mean, since I was a kid, when the boys would pull the girl's hair, it's like, why do, oh, that's not what I want to do. I want to mm -hmm. hold your hand, right? And, and, I, and, and I've just kind of never understood some of the ickier behavior. And I, I, I don't have a really good answer. Like it, the the thing that's fascinating to me about it is, like I said, I've been doing this for 18 years. I, I've just started bringing this to the world, so to speak, in the last three or four months, but okay. this just won't leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And I think, I suppose the thing that's been lovely about it in terms of why I've continued to pursue it is it's been so meaningful. Like, you mm -hmm. know, when I could say to somebody I worked with, you're going to talk to this client and I guarantee you they're going to be in little me mode mm -hmm. and your job is to stay authentic and not bite and not to, and so it's, and, and to talk to my kids, to my wife, uh, in ways that serve me. Like, you know, one of the things in this model, <clears throat> If you were to take a piece of eight and a half by 11 or a four paper and turn it sideways mm -hmm. and down the left side, you wrote the three questions, top left, what's the story I'm telling middle left is the story serving me in this moment. And then bottom left, is there a more authentic story mm -hmm. you can take from the second question and draw a vertical, I mean, horizontal line. Mm -hmm. And what I say is if the story is not serving you, that's thinking above the line mm -hmm. and I call anything above the line 
little me land. Like that's where we're behaving from a place of fear, victimization. We feel hopeless, helpless, all of that icky stuff. It's where we judge, judge, all judgment is above the line. You cannot judge somebody below the line. It, it's not possible. If the story I am telling is serving me, I say that's authentic me land. That's where I'm authentic. I'm more open, above the line, fear-based. Mm -hmm. this is where it all starts is fear the opposite of fear for some people and it works for me and i love it is curiosity what the opposite of fear is curiosity absolutely think about how much of the things that you deal with as a coach with your clients is to help them reframe that fear and make make them or help them to get to a place where they're moving from problem orientation above the line mm -hmm. to solution orientation below the line. Mm -hmm. And, and so it just is this fabulous way to create self-awareness about where I am in any given moment. And then I recognize it's prescriptive. It's prescriptive from the standpoint of, I recognize really quickly that where I want to spend my time is below the line where I'm authentic, where I'm open right. to what's going on. And I'm not up above the line feeling like a victim, like I'm powerless to do anything about whatever the situation is that I'm looking mm -hmm. at. So I'm curious, you've mentioned authentic a couple of times, and um, I, I love that because I love, um, I love encouraging my clients as well to, you know, you want to live an authentic life so that mm -hmm. you can sleep at night, you know, feeling like you yeah. stay true to yourself, you know? And so I'm just curious with this model and like how you were talking about when you ask yourself, um, is this story serving me and how above it um, you're typically not being authentic and below it, you're, you are being authentic. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that is typically how it always is? Or are there ever times where yourself or your clients have asked them, Hey, is this story serving me in the moment? And the story is serving them in the moment, but they're still not necessarily living an authentic life. That is a great question. So here's one of the things that, that I realized a number of years ago, mm -hmm. when we talk about meaning and purpose, mm -hmm. <clears throat> So much of where that comes from originates above the line. Like it's, it, I, I interviewed a guy who lost his son, at, I think eight years old, mm -hmm. just kind of a freak uh, issue medically and the kid died. Horrible, horrible situation, right? Like I, my immediate reaction is going to be above the line. Oh my God, I've lost my meaning in life. And what happened is over time for him, before mm -hmm. I ever talked to him, um, he created a foundation. He's super, super good with kids because he has mm -hmm. a whole new. So I, I, in answer to your question, I don't think you can be authentic above the line. Now, there's two different ways to look at that. I, I look at authenticity as I'm centered, I'm grounded, like you said, I'm being true to myself. Mm -hmm. Above the line isn't, from a different perspective, is still absolutely authentic. We're never, what, what I will never say to you is, gee, Ariel, what my goal is for you and your listeners is to never go above the line. 
It's mm. not happening. That is right. an impossibility in this world. And, and, mm -hmm. and for tons of good reason, if we all lived above, below the line, um, I don't think there would be a whole lot of purpose in life because mm -hmm. everybody would be, oh, and, and where do we right. go from there? Like, mm -hmm. we're served by adversity and that sort of thing, which lives above the line. So mm -hmm. again, I, I don't think that you can be authentic to your, true to yourself above the line. Mm -hmm. But that is absolutely a part of life and okay. Like mm -hmm. a big part of what I want to do is help people to reframe what it means to be above the line and why, and why I go up there and that it's okay. And mm -hmm. that really what I want to do is kind of depower those experiences I don't want to overcome them. I don't want to attack them. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to put them in a perspective mm -hmm. below the line where I go, oh, okay, well, sometimes I go up there and it sucks and it's no fun, but uh, that's part of life. Right. This is not, this is not about positive thinking. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot because many times when we, we hear from like people on the internet and different things where um, they kind of feel like that guilt and shame for, for in this example, like being above the line. So I really like how you mentioned that and how you encourage um, individuals like to not focus on trying to overcome that because it's part of life. You know, you're, there's going to be times when you're above that line. One of the things um, uh, I, I take a step back and, and share one of my favorite quotes. Uh, there's a guy named Viktor Frankl who uh, was a psychiatrist and then went to the concentra concentration camps in World War II. And uh, actually, I'll share two quotes. He said, once the meaning of suffering had been revealed to us, we refused to minimize or alleviate the camp's tortures by ignoring them or harboring false illusions and entertaining artificial optim optimism. Suffering had become a task on which we did not want to turn our backs. We had realized its hidden opportunities for achievement. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like hidden opportunities for achievement. And one of the things that he talks about is, you know, he saw, they saw the most egregious, hideous things from the way they were treated and, mm -hmm. uh, and things we could never even imagine. And at the same time, they saw the most beautiful and graceful things. Somebody who was starving, having a piece of bread and giving it to somebody who was on the verge of dying. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the other, th so I, I use that to kind of frame up like, when we want to put things in perspective, let's use that as a benchmark. Like even in the worst of times, there's the most grace. Think about people who have been in the military, who have been through really traumatic stuff, and yet they they look at their time in the military as mm -hmm. the highlight of their lives in many ways. In many ways. So, so the the other quote that I just want to share is, um, <clears throat> he said. Oh, Christopher, this is my favorite quote and one that I think is really important. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. Mm -hmm. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And so why this is so important to me is that each one of those questions creates space. When we are living uh, when we're triggered and we have behavior that doesn't serve us, 
and we lash out at people or mm -hmm. feel victimized, that's what I call living by default. Like we have a trigger, that's the, the uh, <laughs> that's a stimulus, and then mm -hmm. we have an immediate response. So okay. anything that I can do to create space, what's the story I'm telling? Oh, a little more space. <laughs> Is it serving me in this moment? Oh my God, wait a minute, let's think about that. Is there a more authentic story I can tell? Well, and there's where we get our growth and our freedom. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're trying to do with your clients is to help them to create that space and create more meaning and more purpose in their lives. Mm -hmm. And and so I don't know if that answers where we were, but I think it's so important to recognize that, you know, we're not here if what we think we're here to do is to try and minimize what's happened above the line, right. we're going to create a situation where it it simply doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I also like how in your response, how you mentioned, you know, how we respond to different things. I actually had spoken about this a couple episodes ago um, on the podcast and um I think it, it might've been the episode where I was talking about protecting your peace this holiday season. I can't recall, but because we know like during the holidays, for instance, like sometimes like where there's students that go away to college or just different things in general, when the family all comes together, there might be differences in religious views, politics and different things like that. And so um, I was encouraging my listeners like, okay, someone might say something and immediately you're thinking, you're like emo your emotions, right? You're like right there, ready to attack, right? But um, instead, maybe take a second, a moment and think about how you want to respond to that, because it's not just the situation. It's also how we respond to the situations. Um, and that's with everything in life, you know? So I like how you Absolutely. mentioned that. And, and how, how often do we walk away from a situation where we're with family and we're just like, oh God, right. I blew it so bad. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happens all the time. And so part of what being below the line means is that um, I, if you think of somebody says something at the dinner table and, and it triggers you and they they may or may not be above the line, but if your response is to go up and think that you're going to meet them there, right. th that's a recipe for disaster. And that's why I say this model is so prescriptive because I recognize that when I take a second, try to put a little space between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. that I'm far more likely to come up with a response that's going to serve anybody. Gee, why do you say that? What makes you feel that way? Whole different place and oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's so true. The The other thing that, that I'd just like to share is that um, one of the things that Eckhart Tolle talks about in The Power Now is what he calls the pain body, which just, ugh, I just hate the name and it just makes me like, Ugh. but it's what most people refer to as the ego. Mm. And we have bought into this idea that the ego is the enemy. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Please, 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 please. Let's change that whole, let's change the story on that. There's a part of you, hard, hard wired. I call it the protector. And that protector is super, super good at finding at being fear based and finding mm -hmm. every problem and magnifying it. 
And, and so we see it in things like imposter syndrome, where we take a situation and we just are like, oh my God, we make it the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. And what I want people to understand is that that part of us cares deeply, is, is hardwired to find those places where there's problems. And then what we need to do is we need to help talk that part of us down from being in little me land and take the stories understanding that it cares and convert them into stories that serve us into behaviors that serve us so that when we're at the dinner table and and the protesters are like oh there goes mom again i'm ready to let her have it right okay i understand why you're frustrated with mom what and this all can happen in the in a second right mm -hmm. And here's what I'm going to do. Gee, mom, you know, I really don't, I don't, that's not how I feel. I don't think that you're portraying me in, in the light that I, oh my God, guess what? Now we get to have real conversation. Mom may still come at me <laughs> or probably dad, but that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely think that makes sense. Those three questions, bringing it back to that and the model that you, you have, it really builds self-awareness. And that's something that is so important because when we're self-aware, we're able to know, um, recognize different things that are triggering us. Yep. And I think, I think that's, those are questions that can also really help someone build their self-awareness, especially asking themselves, Hey, like I tell myself this story every time I'm in a situation like this, is that serving me, you know, or is it serving me in this moment? And I know we mentioned this numerous times, but more often than not, it probably isn't. Um, so I really, I really like that. And, and, you know, this is the thing, what I want people to do, like the thing that I want people to walk away with the most is if you, is if you take everything that we've talked about and like, whatever, mm -hmm. I want people to look at their lives as practice, like what practice? Yeah. Like a, a doctor's practice or a, a law practice where learning is always the number one thing and be. And the reason is, is it gives me the ability to be, have more grace with myself, to be more forgiving with myself, to allow myself to learn from the icky stuff that happened above the line in Little Me Land. Um, practice, this is practice. And then, and, you know, if you focus on your life as practice, you just give yourself so much more room, mm -hmm. so much more space between stimulus and response that I just, I, I, I try to, tried lately to kind of put into perspective how I know that it's changed my life. I mean, if I, if I had raised, been with my, uh, wife the way my dad was with my mom and and I mean they weren't bad people but you know what I would be divorced I'd be screwing around I wouldn't have much of a relationship with my kids um, and to be on the opposite side of that and to be so grateful for as the, that recognition even though I didn't want I would never want to put my kids or go through what I went through with my parents specifically more my dad um, mm -hmm. and to be down here and to have accomplish you know this amazing relationship that all served me it was what we were talking about you know so much of my authenticity and and my purpose and my meaning comes from 
above the line in, in situations that ah, didn't wouldn't want to go through again but oh my god i'm so much better for it right yeah like you don't want to go through it again you wouldn't necessarily wish that upon someone but right. it does shape you and it shapes you know the way that you start to view the world after that situation and the thing is is that so much you know the other thing that we don't talk about nearly enough is i can change a story about something that was really awful in the past and have it mm -hmm. serve me today like, mm -hmm. yes, I did not want my dad to behave the way that he did. It certainly is not something that I wanted to do. And I'm so grateful that I am, I've got this incredible clarity about that now and have for 30 years with my girlfriend and slash wife, you know, mm -hmm. where we have so much fun together and have, I mean, when you live below the line for the most part, there's tons of appreciation for each other, for your kids. You feel centered, you feel grounded, you feel more open to the world. Like it's just, and it's a natural place. It's not like, it's, it said earlier, you know, it's not this positive thinking, hey, everything's great, because yeah. mm -hmm. that does not work right. either. Yeah. And I also like how you just mentioned how you can change the story that you used to tell yourself. And I really like that you kind of switch, not really switch topics, but switch gears into that a little bit, because um, I think that it's, you know, even like recently I've been um, having conversations with friends and my boyfriend and, you know, I noticed that, wow, this is like so cool to, to like, I don't just talk about, because I noticed that, you know, they would share different things that happen or whatever and talk negatively about certain things. And kind of like me being an outsider looking in on the situation, um, it's kind of like how you were talking about how we come from a place of emotion first without thinking about it. And so um, while I was listening to their stories, it was kind of like, you know, I could understand where they were coming from, but on the opposite end as well I was also seeing you know I think that that might have served you in the long run because you went through that and now you have this understanding from that situation and if what you're able to do is to help somebody whether it's a client or a boyfriend or whoever to take and reframe that story in a way that serves them my favorite question and one of the my oldest daughter will tell you in no uncertain terms she was a huge pain in the butt to to raise she was a windmill fighter always making things as difficult as she could and and one of the things that i just love makes my heart sing is she'll say you know what i don't know how that was serving me like mm. when you can say to somebody in a nice way, dude, how is that serving you? Right. And, and then help them to reframe that story into something that, and thank, you know, to, and that's why I'm so, so big on Viktor Frankl, be able to, him being able to say, you know, once we realized where we were, we, that this suffering was here, that we weren't going to deny it, but it didn't mean that he, that he was just going to, he st because he didn't deny it he was able to create meaning from it and we can recreate meaning from anything from the past that that was awful and that's that's why i love him so much because it's such a a brutal baseline mm -hmm. where still there was meaning and still there was grace right okay there's been so much that you've shared throughout this conversation that i just think um i think for my listeners and anyone that you invite to also listen to this episode, I think that there's just a lot to reflect on from what we talked about. And so before we wrap up and before I ask you to, you know, kind of share where my audience can find you on the internet, um, I like to ask my guests, 
one to two last questions um, that's kind of unrelated to the topic, okay. um, but still really meaningful. And it might even make you think a little. So the question I have for you is, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Uh, well, I mean, the default answer and, and it, it, what inspires me is this work. I love the idea of helping people. I mm -hmm. love the idea of how by creating my own self-awareness, it's helped me with my family, with my friends, with work, with my wife to be just a better person and inspired it to me that's in spirit like when i'm in the spirit mm -hmm. and you'll notice when you go to check out the model at the bottom of the model at the the base of the v that's where doesn't matter what you call it god source infinite intelligence that's where all of that is and we have access to that so and i i'm inspired by how it's changed my life and how I get to help people to change their lives in a way that's not, you know, woo woo or, you know, here's a list of 10 things to do. And it, and it's also good because it helps. I can take anything and evaluate whether I'm using that authentically. Mm -hmm. And I think so it's really powerful. Sorry. That's, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was just going to say, I think it's really powerful that you're able to kind of teach this to your clients and to share it with others because it's made such an impact in your life. And I know you mentioned your relationship with your wife, your kids, family. Um, so I think it's really meaningful when you can take something that's done something for you and share that with the world. So that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. And you're welcome. So I'm really glad that we were able to talk on this and um, share that. And so uh, before we wrap up, uh, if you could just share where my audience can find you on the internet, how they can connect with you, um, any books or other things that you would like them to um, sure. see about you. Um, the, the first thing is, if you want to practice this with me and with people that I've worked with, um, there's, uh, if you go to YouTube, and I'm going to ask your audience for a favor, which is to search for Oh, the Stories We Tell, and pretty much at the top will come up a blue thought bubble with Oh, the Stories We Tell written in orange. Click on that. That'll take you to my channel. I need 100. I, as I said, I've just really started kind of bringing this to the world, and I think I need 100 people to subscribe to that channel for me to be able to get YouTube at Oh, the Stories We Tell. So and then one of the playlists on the that front page is called The Honesty Project. And this is a woman who I have known for a number of years. And I told her about this model about eight or nine years ago. And she came to me right before the pandemic. And she was like, hey, you know what? I've had some real struggles. And your model just, I think it could help me. So again, not therapy. We just basically apply a situation, whether it's frustrating coworkers or relationships or whatever, when we just talk about how she perceives things and then try to run it through the lens of the model. And it's fascinating. There's about 14 uh, videos up right now. So if you would, it, that's the best place. And then uh, on my website at ohthestorieswetell.com, Instagram and Facebook, I, I don't do a lot yet, but I, that's at ohthestorieswetell. So okay, those awesome. are the and places. 
Awesome. And I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes as well. So they could directly hop over to you, but thank you so much again for being a guest on the podcast today and absolutely love the conversation. I think that again, this is something that people are going to be able to reflect on and really think about how they can apply to their lives. And it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, you can apply it once or twice. Like this is an ongoing thing that that could always be applied as they continue to navigate life and life's challenges. I, so, can't, I can't tell you the number of people who come back later, like, God, that just sticks with me. Oh, the stories, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. So yeah, that's awesome. And so again, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure being able to talk with you today. Thanks so much, Ariel. I sure do appreciate it. Wait, before you exit out of today's episode, would you do me a huge favor and leave a review on Apple or Spotify? It would mean the world to me to see that you're loving this podcast and the episodes that I'm putting out there. And once you're done with that, take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your Instagram story or text it to a friend so that others can tune in and discover this podcast too. If you're not already connected with me over on Instagram, I encourage you to follow the Daily Climb podcast to stay up to date on everything going on. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode of the Daily Climb podcast. Thank you.